Hi, everyone, and welcome to A Gem of a Secret Podcast. My name's Donatella, my secrets. And my name is Coco Gem Holiday. How are you doing tonight, Coco? Um, it's actually the afternoon. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm doing great this evening, actually, because we've been snowed in for four days. We have. Uh, we have. Yeah, it's been uh, very interesting how this city entirely shuts down because they don't have the infrastructure to support completely a snowstorm. Well, and then the other thing, too, is I didn't recognize this because we don't have this in Colorado, but they have freezing rain here. Yeah. Um, freezing rain is this beautiful phenomenon where... <laughs> Um, it's ice that comes down and then makes more ice. Yeah. <laughs> and it freezes the trees. And then all of a sudden, sometimes trees start falling because of it. Yes. Um, a tree fell in our backyard and yeah. no one was around to hear it. And it did make a sound. I was around to hear it. Um, I, I heard it this morning. It woke me up. Yeah. So um, there's a tree that broke through our front uh, fence yesterday. Um, it was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I took pictures of it to send to everybody in my group chat. So it was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So much fun. Uh, yeah. It's been very interesting. I feel like we've witnessed basically every weather al- anomaly that can happen in this last year alone. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, gosh, if there were volcanoes here, that would have effing happened already. Oh, my God. I mean, we had the fires. That was... <laughs> It's funny, I was, like, looking at a contrast of the pictures from, like, frozen Portland to, like, on-fire Portland, and Mm -hmm. it's just, like, like, I don't know, you would have thought that we were going through an apocalypse or something. Oh, yeah, it was literally horrible. Yeah. (laughs) In all accounts. Disasters. Oh, it's been been a really interesting time. Also, when this episode airs, um, a day ago or so, it would have been Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah, um, which is also my wedding anniversary, which I'm really excited about. And I got to have a beautiful time with my husband. It was so great. I did nothing. Yeah, I did nothing. And that was what made it great. Mm. Um, Yeah, just so I mean, I hope everybody's staying safe out there. We know we have a lot of Portland listeners on here. uh, So that's our little interest bill before we get into stay safe. Yeah, stay safe. Stay off the roads if you can. Oh, gosh, it's just horrible. Getting on my driveway is being a nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Uh, so this last episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, um, obviously spoiler alerts for anybody who hasn't watched the episode yet. Um, in the last week's episode, uh, Tamisha Iman went home. Yes. Uh, Candy Muse sent her home. And, uh, they started off the episode where they were kind of just like talking about how like, she's a legendary status and like all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And I just remember... Like, it just seemed like there was such a somber feeling in the workroom. Like, they were, I, or maybe the editors made that feeling appear. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I, I think uh, Candy, even though that was kind of her rival, mm-hmm. she had a little bit of like, you know, conflicting feelings about sending Tamisha home. Yeah. Uh, I I was sad to see her go. We talked about this last episode. I'm I think that she'll be a very remembered contestant on yeah, the show just I, because I think she was really like a lot of people really enjoyed her. Yeah, and I think I don't know how long. Sorry for being uneducated listeners. I don't know how long she has to have an ostomy bag. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's for the rest of her life or not. I'm not sure. Sorry for being uneducated on that. But I do think that she should come back for All Stars if real. she has the ability to. Yeah, I think she should. For real. I, I would love to see Tamisha back oh, on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I think in this episode we had, uh, actually before we get there, the big drama of this episode is Elliot with two T's feels out of place with the other contestants. She does. And there's kind of been some 
So there's been some controversies that have kind of gone around about Elliot and why Elliot didn't really mesh with a lot of the other girls. Hmm. And Candy kind of brought it up in one of the untucks this season already. She said, you just don't have a filter and sometimes you just say ignorant shit without hmm. without thinking. And I guess what I've from what I've read online, I don't want to like... Don't quote me on this, but Elliot made some sort of derogatory remarks towards Candy and Simone in the workroom regarding their fashion. And it's very ignorant white girl shit. She, yes. she used the words like ratchet. And Yikes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know if she used, uh, yeah, but other words. And uh, it's kind of got around that they're calling Elliot Elliot with three Ks now on social media. Oh, dear. of Elliot oh, with two dear. Ts. I mean, she does have, she has a bad case of the ignorant white girl face. She also called black girl magic aggressive. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. So, Yikes. In, an in an interview, I think it was, it was just, all of it is coming from a place of ignorance. I don't think that it is coming from a place of, like, hatred. It's She's just ignorant. It's so fascinating to me in my 34 years of life how... Um, when you are confronted with those people, mm -hmm. um, they get immediately defensive. I will, I will say this out there for all of my activist friends who listen to this. As angry as you can get, it's actually, I'm doing this series on Facebook called Woke Racist, and this kind of applies. Like, the fact is, like, when you have somebody who's truly from place of ignorance, and like, I was in Grand Junction for such a long time, and there were surrounding cities that only had maybe one or two black people in mm -hmm. them. And so people would come from a over just like an overabundance of a place of ignorance and mm -hmm. i and i can tell you right now what actually works best on those people is not to get really up in their face or make mm -hmm. them feel bad for their decisions sometimes it's an educational moment to where you can create an ally from somebody who comes from a place from extreme ignorance yeah yeah so and i'm not saying it's you should obviously invest the emotional labor if you don't have the spoons to do as such but if you want to create an ally you're gonna have to take that work and time to do that education yeah definitely so so I think that has a lot to do with why she was feeling isolated was the girls were kind of feeling a, a way about her because yeah. of some of the the things that she had said. And then also, I mean, Elliot kind of had, had a rough beginning in, into this yeah, because wasn't she in one voted of the off. groups? Well, yeah. she was in, you know, in the loading dock and then voted off by the by the B squad, right, or whatever. Put that in quotations. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, and then had to confront all of them when, like, she definitely has had an interesting ride, but it doesn't excuse any of her ignorant comments. So I, I, I can get why why she's being. Uh, kind of treated differently, but we as the viewers aren't seeing all of that. There was some stuff that happened behind the scenes, and I wanted to make sure that we definitely addressed that when we were talking about yeah. all of that. Well, because the comment that Elliot had made was, I'm going to paraphrase, is basically like, I feel like I'm not building friends or like, because mm -hmm. so you hear about the drag race girls like having this unspoken sisterhood, which obviously makes sense. They've done something that none of us can really even dream of. Even yeah. popular queens can't really dream of like the level of success and notoriety that they have experienced. And, um, and especially the money. Um, but mm -hmm. the thing is, like, so when you get on this show and you're starting to build this thing, you're looking forward to the fact that you're going to have this sisterhood with these 12 or 13, 14, 15 other girls. Um, and she's not building that. Yeah. And it's making her feel really alienated. And it might be, obviously, because of the stupid shit she said. Yeah. But it also could be that, like, she's always had difficulty making friends. So it's also challenging for her because she thought that this was going to be a different experience than what it was. Because mm -hmm. I think we've all been there. 
you know, we've all been to high school, elementary, and middle school where you felt like you were just the oddball out. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else is laughing and kikiing and getting ready together at certain stations, and you're that person who's just like, okay. You're yeah. Like, and you try to laugh at the jokes with the group, but they're not really talking to you or including you. Yeah. Like, I think we've all seen that behavior, even sure. if it's deserved. Yeah. I I can say the one time that I had the opportunity to work with her in Portland, she was very kind and and very sweet. So and and very very welcoming of the local girls and like addressing mm-hmm. us and all that. And this was obviously before she was cast on Drag Race, but uh, yeah, just know that also too, you know, TV definitely there's a story that's being produced. So yeah, keep that absolutely. in mind for everyone. But uh, also, she does need to. I, I don't know exactly how if she has apologized for her comments, and I think that's something that she needs to be. I think it's so weird how, and I, I know why, but I, I think it's really damaging for marginalized communities how um, you should never admit, um, you should never apologize mm-hmm. um, because it could make you legally liable. Um, for things like it's just like it's like this narrative that you're not supposed to apologize because mm. that means you're admitting wrongdoing. You, huh. And I and there and I think it's so damaging because if celebrities and well the sad thing is people would try to attack them and come after their money and their success yeah. if they admitted to doing something wrong. And I so I guess it's like a double edged sword. It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because I do want people who learn to yeah. be like, you know what? I was in the wrong. That was super wrong and awful, and I hurt these people. Um, and then just deal with those consequences, even if it means monetary or reparations in some kind of capacity. Yeah, I do. I think she needs to come forward and, and definitely say something. You yeah, know? and I, I, do too. I think she has, but it, it wasn't really a great apology. I think it was like a more explaining herself kind of thing. But yeah, I think if if people call you out for bad behavior and you know, if you have bad behavior, especially when it comes to, you know, these sensitive issues like this, you need to, Mm -hmm. you need to take accountability. Yes. So moving forward in the episode, I believe this is where they do the, the reading challenge or the reading mini challenge. Yeah. Most of the, they edited that. This is what's funny to me because you could tell, well, obviously it was edited Mm -hmm. um, because I think Utica, they only showed her doing one joke. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the rest of her jokes were not funny if that's the only one. Probably. Um, like I am, I, I see you producers. Like mm-hmm. I see it now because the, the thing is like, at, I'm just going to ruin this a l- little bit. Like they were not trying to show Utica in a terrible light this episode. Yeah. And she didn't do the best and we'll get to that, but yeah. like not showing her full reading challenge. I feel like was the producers like trying to really manufacture the story of this episode. Well, yeah. And especially if it could, a uh, queen is doing consistently like, poorly throughout the competition Mm -hmm. like obviously that's going to rally watchers or that's going to rally viewers to be like hey like this queen needs to go like we don't want this like they did with roxy yeah like they did with roxy so you know they have to do what they can to make them look favorable yeah uh yeah i wasn't there weren't a whole lot of memorable reads for me from this cast i honestly honestly we're. I'm, I was a little bored by this episode. I was, <laughs> I was a, a little, little bored, a little bored, yeah. and like a little let down. And the main challenge to me was extremely cringy. But when is a improv challenge on RuPaul's Drag Race not cringy? Yeah, improv is so interesting to me. I did an improv challenge this last year for a competition called Last Laugh, hosted mm-hmm. by Valerie Deville, and improv was the one I was super worried about. And I did super well that week. Mm-hmm. I. I 
And I think it had a lot to do with the people I was playing off of giving mm-hmm. me enough to feed off of. I'm loud. I'm ridiculous. Like I think fast on my feet. I can be witty when I'm a tick when I'm a little intoxicated because my ego drops. Well, um, I think also you have to attribute some of that too to you. You had to do that on Camp Wanakiki too as well. You yeah. had like sound bites that you were constantly having to give them, and know, you know. Gosh. So, and there were days I was just not funny. <laughs> and, and granted, it is on a much smaller scale and everything. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, like so. So, what are some of your there? It's so they have their reading challenge. It's announced that they're going to have to do this bossy Rossi revival, this part mm-hmm. two to a challenge that they've done previously. Right. Uh, it wasn't a super big hit for me the first time, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they have to do this. What are some? reservations that you have mainly about improv if it were announced to you that you were having to do an improv challenge um i think it uh so in this just like the competition i was in and even in camp wanakiki mm-hmm. um it was you want to be the funniest yeah even if you're on a team you still want to be the funniest mm-hmm. you still want to be the girl who is the, the people just want to remember like yeah. like Simone this whole season like people just are so enamored with her and she's not really actually doing a lot yeah but people are enamored with her you want to be the it girl all yeah. the time you want to be the it girl in competition so people keep you on longer especially mm-hmm. in a produced show like this you know so so my thing is is like the other thing that goes in the back of my mind in the back of my head is you need to make sure it lands mm-hmm. that's the other thing too like drag race, I would be so afraid of saying a joke and it not landing on Drag Race Mm -hmm. because they will put the sound bites in or the um, background effects to make your joke sound worse than it was. Yeah. And like, because sometimes, like, even during the reading challenge this episode, I remember I laughed at something that they put the, like, the cricket, whatever they do for their cricket noises on Drag Race. I can't remember. But I, I just was like, I laughed at it. And I was like, oh, that's effed because you're making me think I shouldn't laugh at it. You thought Elliot's cape read was funny. Was it? I don't know which one it was. Well, you said, I don't know if you laughed at it, but you said that was funny. And I was like, no, it was not. <laughs> it <laughs> definitely was not. <laughs> I, if that was, I can't remember. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, comedy subjective. Yeah. And, like, the thing is, they put that stuff around it to make it to where you can't laugh at it. They do. They do. <laughs> That's so messed up. They do. I, I yeah, I think I think a lot of the times, but I and I think a lot of the times too though, that's that pro- a lot of the times too that could have matched what the mood in the room was when the person said it as well. Oh, maybe. I mean, maybe it's well, actually, you know, maybe I'll backpedal a little bit. Maybe it's because like if a person ends up in the bottom and they don't do those sound effects. It's difficult for the watchers to wonder how we got there. I agree. So may- maybe it's a little bit of that. I think it's that. a bit of producing. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's producing a storyline. So. Yeah. Yeah. In a positive and negative sense. So. Yeah. So for improv, we, so the first group, actually, I don't remember the order of the groups. There were, I don't remember the order, but this definitely wasn't it. But we'll go, we'll start with the last group, I guess. <laughs> Candy and Simone. Yeah, Candy and Simone were the last group. And I thought, here's what's, here's once again with the producing that really drove me crazy. You didn't see the scenes of Candy being funny until deliberations. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. During watching the challenge, I thought that Candy just got lost. And Mm. Simone was just so funny and so on and just being her stupid self. And it was so great. I thought Candy had a lot to say. I thought Candy responded pretty quickly. Like she, like she never, 
hesitated and got yeah. got to the point where she didn't have a response for Ross, which I thought was good. Like right. there was always something to like hit back with, which is important in improv. Like you have to be able to like swing your bat and at least hit most of the time, make contact most of the time and not miss. Yeah. So and they were supposed to be playing like these stupid like valley girls, white girls or whatever is what I think they were supposed to be doing yeah. for their skit. And but but that's the point I was bringing up though, because in deliberations Ross Matthews was like yeah, anytime she spoke, like, anytime I hit her something, she hit it right back mm-hmm. to me. And they showed scenes that they didn't, didn't show sh- in the challenge. Yeah. And so you're like, so as the watcher, you're, you, it's jarring. Because yeah. you're just like, oh, I didn't even know she said all of these things. Yeah. I mean, but that's how, because that's how they're judging. So they have to show it to you. Yeah, yeah. They were supposed to be like a parody of The Simple Life, like Paris and Nicole Richie. Like oh. how they had their show together and kind of like broke up. That's that's what. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's what it was parodying. Okay, that makes more sense. And then we also had Elliot and Tina Burner. So, you know, Tina ended up being safe, but I thought this team overall, I thought Tina probably should have been in the bottom overall this episode. Um, I thought that Elliot, uh, Tina completely overshadowed Elliot as much as she effing could. And there's once again, one pack pedaling with something I said earlier is that you do want to be the it girl, but when you're in a challenge like this, if you are too, if you push your partner into the shadow that much, it makes it to where the team loses. And so mm-hmm. you got to be the it girl, but you got to like also take time and caring with that. I mean, it might make you safe, but winning or being safe and your partner goes home probably makes you feel like your team probably sucked. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, right. So that one was kind of based off of my 600 pound life, except it was like my 600 pound ass. I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think most of these were super funny. I'm just, I'm a Debbie Downer. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I am. I I just was not super I don't, into this. Okay, so I, I want to take a second to talk about why for me. I don't usually find any of that funny. Um, because the thing is, like, some people take their drag, like me. Mm-hmm. You take it pretty serious. And mm-hmm. what RuPaul is doing is they want to put you in situations to make a fool of yourself. Yeah. I mean, and people are like, well, acting is making a fool of yourself. I was like, that's not what Ru is doing here. Yeah. Ru wants you to completely humiliate yourself yeah. for the enjoyment of a wider audience. Yeah. Like, it's not acting. It's not, almost not even improv. It's yeah. making a fool of yourself to the point of... I feel like that's an, an important piece of acting, though, is kind of letting that that boundary down, letting that barrier down, and th- just yeah. being able to let loose. Well, a little. A little for me. I feel like, because I'm not a great actor, but, um, but I feel that's not, like, the goal of Drag Race. They want you to make a fool of yourself. And then what's also weird, just to talk about Drag Race UK, and actually even in this series, too, they're not liking it when you are too much of a fool. Like with Jenny Lemon. Like that's Jenny what... Lemon or Utica. But yeah. I feel like <laughs> so I feel weird. like they like if you're a fool if if you're doing it within their parameters. If Oof, if you're that's good. If you're doing it like just to be like chaotic wild energy, they're like, okay, there needs to be some direction with this. So if you're Ooh. doing it if you're if you're doing it in a way that's smart and not in a way that's like completely just like off kilter, then yeah, I think they're gonna appreciate it. But they want you to do it within like a certain set of parameters and they want you to be able to really 
transform into this character and be able to be a yes, yes and uh, type of actor in an improv setting. So that's one thing too with improv is you always want to do yes and and you don't want to like shut down situations or else it makes for awkward. Right. Well, and I think, well, and the other thing is um, on Drag Race UK, Rue said this line that I think was important, like with Jenny Lemon, she said, if you would have actually gone into the role serious even a little bit pretty mm-hmm. much it would have been funnier yeah and so i so you're right actually i think everything donna just said is correct they do want it they do want it in their parameters which is kind of gross but it's a competition of course it's their parameters mm-hmm. um but if you're wild all the time like utica it mm-hmm. doesn't read as well um because utica um we'll talk about their group now too utica was in i guess an improv troupe for a very long time for four years i guess and talked about how she would kind of steal the scene a lot of the time when she was in her improv troupe yeah but this isn't improv this is drag race i'm sorry to say yeah like they're not looking for it to just be comedic they Mm -hmm. want it to be obnoxious and over the top for some stupid reason i don't i think it's because it makes it more entertaining yeah well utica was just kind of she had that chaotic energy that was all over the place she came in talking about a starbucks drink that was completely like off the topic from like what what it what the situation was supposed to be it kind of just brought it brought the energy in a different direction and I think that it was just kind of all over the place. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, I don't think that it was really well thought out. I thought that uh, Got Mick and Olivia came in mm-hmm. with really conceptualized characters and were kind of able to like flesh out some storyline there. Meanwhile, Utica didn't really look like <laughs> didn't really look like Olivia's mom. She looked like some hooker that had just kind of like wandered in, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess, you know, th- there's that, there, that character, like the mom from Matilda. That's kind of like hookery. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really understand what she was trying. To I don't do. know either. I, I don't either. It didn't play right with the mime. Cause that was a mime group. Wasn't it? Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It did not play. So like, got literally, Mick was really funny. Got Mick and Olivia played amazingly off yeah. each other. Um, so amazingly off each other that Utica was so out of place here. Yeah. And it sucks because that, that it didn't, it didn't translate well. Yeah. Like, I feel like they should have had a conversation more about like, Maybe if she was more of a, I get she was supposed to be an obnoxious mom, but I don't know. I don't know how she could have fixed that because the other two were doing amazingly. They were. They were. And I think she wanted to come in being the scene stealer, but the energy just was off. And Oh, yeah. And it, it ended up making her just stand out in a bad way instead. True. So then we had... La La Rie. Rosé and Denali. Yes. And um, this was... <laughs> the one that started it out was the invisible boyfriend the invisible boyfriend uh-huh. yeah and actually i think it was actually really funny when um whoever the second person was ca- that came out rose was actually really funny because she started like twerking on yeah. the invisible i thought that was actually kind of funny yeah i was like that's cool like go in or go home go i think denali was really safe i thought she did a, a decent job throughout this too and then they the problem that they had with lala is that she kind of just wasn't really like taking the opportunity to, to Lala was jarring for she, me. Yeah, I I think that she wasn't good enough in the scene. Well, and the other thing is everybody's trying to get their screen time on Drag Race. Yeah, that's why I actually hate Snatch Game because Snatch Game is literally like, how much of this scene can I steal and whatever. So, um, but from there, 
then we go to the workroom again, and actually there's this really powerful moment yeah. between Tina Burner and Elliot with two T's. So Elliot, oh gosh, I can't even remember the story. But, oh, and I, I, let me back up to the beginning of the episode. Tina Burner did not want to work with Elliot, and she said some really mean, girly crap that I don't appreciate, which is like, oh my God, I'm paired up with Elliot. Ba 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 ba. And then later, and then like they have this moment to where Elliot almost starts to cry, and then Tina gives her a hug. She's like, you know, I really underestimated her, and ba ba ba. I'm like, I don't love growth like that. That's not growth for me. <laughs> yeah. That's just, you judged a person unfairly, and. Then they became, you had one moment with them, and then you're like, oh, maybe they're not so bad. I'm like, well, maybe you shouldn't have judged so harshly. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how I feel about that. Yeah. It was gross. I don't know. It it was, I, I think that they're obviously going to have their feelings about each other, but they yeah. ended up, they end up kind of having this moment after the challenge where they get to come together, and then Elliot talks about clinical depression and how that's affected her and kind of how it makes other people see her. And I can relate to that. I'm I'm a depressed person too. Uh, <laughs> yes. But I don't know. Yeah, they kind of got closer by bonding over that moment. But Tina kind of had like a similarity to the, to the situation by talking about her relatives who have suffered from depression, not really her own personal experience. And I don't know. It was an interesting interaction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, well, the thing is, I just, I'm having this difficulty this episode with the whole Got Mick, Candy Muse, and Tina Burner. The um, mean girls? Yeah, because they're not reading well to me. And I, and it's really hard for me to have redeeming moments with people who are acting like that. Like, I didn't like the whole Relaska Talks thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't like the triple mean girls thing. It drives yeah. me crazy. Um, because, they don't come off as we support each other. They come off as being rude to other people. Yeah. And I don't love that. Yeah. I think I think it also comes from, like, we've talked about this entire time, that they have this, like, superiority complex because they feel like they are better than them for, for being in, in the winning lip sync group, which, you know, like, for me with Tina, like, that was kind of a fluke. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like all right, all she did was do gross gestures the entire time. I, I don't know. I just think it's kind of weird that they they have this complex all based off of how this competition started. Uh, but I think that's also part of producing a story, and the producers wanted that. They wanted to have a group of girls that felt like they were superior to the other group. Yeah, I think so. Can I talk about something that's actually kind of interesting, though, about this subject? And hmm. th- I don't mean it to derail it. It's just so a lot of the times... Because white people get this more than black people do. Um, I find Tina Burner out of drag to be like really attractive just because mm-hmm. I'm attracted to that type of person. Um, even the loudness, I'm attracted to that too. And what I what I find is I find myself giving Tina Burner more passes because of it. Mm. Like, And I feel like this is what happens to some of the skinnier queens eventually, like Violet Tchotchke. People like try harder to get on board with these people because they're attracted to them. I also feel like it also plays into what we've talked about on like some of our first episodes of this podcast about how people sometimes will do their booking for out-of-town queens because they mm-hmm. want to sleep with them. They don't sleep with them, but they book them because they're attracted to them physically. Mm-hmm. And um, and I realize in myself that that p- behavior is problematic because, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm so Portland right now. It's because like this person is not, and I know it's a produced show, 
and, but they're not reading well um, in the for the right reasons. And I really still don't like what they said about in that fight that Candy Muse and Tamisha had about how do we get here? How do we get there? Be like, girl, you're sitting here. This is how we got here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just you know, just not reading well on camera, and so not necessarily getting a pass just because I think this person's pretty. Yeah, it's just yeah. a it's just a nice little two cents share. Yeah. So the runway theme was beads. It was a beaded runway. Yeah, Denali's outfit was amazing. She came dressed up as this lampshade. It was like a chandelier. Yeah, chandelier. Yeah. Sorry. Like it was it was beautiful and it was gorgeous by all accounts. Uh Rose did this like Tinkerbell thing. She had Tinkerbell hair. It was cute. It was, it was like, like, like plastic beads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> Rose's looks are kind of underwhelming for me. But yeah, yeah this one um like what's, all of them have been. <laughs> what sucked about this look, though, is this look should have been overwhelming, but I don't know why I didn't feel that way. Yeah. I, d- I don't know why. I just, I am enjoying uh, Rosé's talent, but I just, I don't know if I really like her eye for fashion all the time. Yeah, but I can agree with that. Yeah, she's not the worst. Like, let's let's not go there yet. I said last episode, the three that really needed to step it up for me would be Elliot, Tina, and Lala, and... They were all meh <laughs> this week. Speaking of the three, let's go on to La La Ree. She had oh. the two-piece with a hole in the side of it. Yeah, and actually, when they did the close-ups at the end, um, I actually noticed that the top of her outfit was really beautiful. It was, yeah. Um, and here's the thing that sucks about black skin in general, is that her outfit was actually supposed to be nude um that's what the mesh that's what was she was wearing this mesh with this two-piece nude or whatever. Illusion. and it's a nude illusion but because the the brown was such a different color than her actual skin tone it you could it just i don't know it didn't read the way i know she wanted it to read mm-hmm. um and things like that and i'd say this was one of her better outfits that she's had on the runway. yes but the hair the 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 judges said the hair was it. the judges said the hair was fun I I have that hair, and that hair is not fun. It was and, in her face the entire time. Oh, but it, it, so much more than that. Like, yeah. it just looks ratty mm-hmm. versus, like, I don't know what the look she was trying to go for with that hair. Yeah. Like, if it was supposed to be, like, tribal or something. I don't... I don't really know what was supposed to be going on with that hair. I did not love it. I I would have liked it if it were styled up and a little bit out of her face. I think that's all that it really needed. Because I think that it was kind of all over the place and it didn't really have a uniformity to make the look look nice with it. Correct. I yeah, it needed it needed some styling. Some sort of styling. Like yes. even like if the root was like if it was styled to yes. where it was teased up in the front to where like it was kind of rooted and you could see that there was some lift to it in the front, I think that would have been fine. But Absolutely. Yeah, no, it there was it, it should have been styled. Also, um she had a hole. I don't think we said that. She had a hole in the side of the outfit. Mm-hmm. And this is drag race. I'm sorry that stuff matters. Um she should have had her hand there the whole time. She should have walked like with her hand on her side, something yeah. to hide it. I'm sorry, that's just... Yeah. It's Drag Race. Got Mix was good. They were anal beads. Yeah, right? Got Mix was good. They were anal beads. But the the one thing that I would have just said for a small edit is it's okay for it to, like, because it's, like, shaped like a bell, for it to flare out like that. But I think um, it flared too, too much. Like Didn't I didn't have enough shape. Yeah, and I don't mean for it to be um, an hourglass. Just yeah. it needed to be a little tighter at top and then flare at the bottom a little more. That's all I wanted. Yeah. But outside of that, it was great. 
Olivia Lux's was really cute. Oh, the double dutch, the simple yeah. thing that I bet most people hated. I loved this look so much, and I have to tell you why. It's just because I feel like I've seen that girl when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I saw that girl playing double dutch. Like, she literally had, like, a skirt, a shirt, a mm-hmm. jump rope around herself, wearing white tennis shoes. The beaded shoes. jump rope, too. The plastic. Yeah. Yeah, the same hair, the same hair that Candy Muse wore earlier. Mm-hmm. The exact same hair. It might have even been her hair, mm-hmm. like, that she just borrowed. I don't know. But, like... It, it made, kind of looked like it might have been. I don't she know. She might have just borrowed the hair, honestly. Yeah. You don't know, because they do borrow things from each other. Mm-hmm. But, like, she looked amazing, and I loved it. And I bet... Here's the funny thing. If Candy let her borrow it, it's because she's like, oh, girl, this outfit is so simple. She is going to be going home. She can borrow my hair. That didn't happen, though. She no. won. No. And that's the thing. <laughs> that's why I think Candy... Because you don't know, right? Yeah. Candy's like, oh, girl, you can use it, because this outfit is simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Utica's like white wedding beating was gorgeous. It was probably like the most high fashion look up there on this one of the more high fashion looks. I I'd say that's kind of been the theme though for her. Yeah. Um I actually have to say that I wasn't in love with this garment because I feel like I feel like Utica's take on the challenges are so She's trying to be so out of the box with the concept that she does for the challenges. And even though the garment itself was gorgeous, I just, I don't know, like, I maybe I do want her to scale it back in a little bit. And just, like, because the dress just had beads on it, but it just didn't, the dress would have been fine without the beads. That was the thing. Like, I even if she would have walked in without the beads, I still would have loved the garment. And so it's just like, oh, I need to have beads. Like the beads were... I mean, there were a lot of beads there, so I wouldn't yeah. say they were an afterthought. No, definitely not an afterthought. I, like, it's definitely a good look. Oh, but, absolutely. you know, I think that there were definitely looks that fit the runway theme better than There that. we go. Yeah. That's a, probably a better way of saying it. Yeah. But still gorgeous. I mean, beyond all reason, it was yeah. gorgeous. Candy Muse did the beaded hat look oh, that I yeah. thought was gorgeous. Yeah, and then studs all over herself. But mm-hmm. she was wrapped in that coat so tightly and it mm-hmm. makes me wonder maybe she had a la la re thing where maybe her costume ripped or she didn't have enough beads for her other boob mm-hmm. to be out mm-hmm. um but she kept it around herself the mm-hmm. whole time never took the coat off uh and was walking really slowly and i think it's to not have the beads mess up yeah not but them i tangle as i watched it again because i didn't like it when because she didn't model it well mm-hmm. you do have to model these outfits yeah um but when I watched it again, for a stylistic point of view, I think that hit the mark of the challenge. Yeah. Because the beads didn't seem like an afterthought. They felt intentional. Yeah. For me. Like, I was just like, oh, this is gorgeous. It's just dripping in beads. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of, like, the Kim Kardashian, like, coming up out of the water wet look where she had the oh, beads yeah. on it. Oh, it, yeah. It reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Simone. Oh my Simone, god, this is awesome! So Simone used those like candy beads, like those plastic ones, and and completely did this like amazing tribal kind of yeah look. Like, and it she had, and it was it was skirt and panties, mm-hmm. but it was a well tailored skirt that actually yeah. did a cuff for boobs. Yep, which is beautiful to show femininity. Yeah, which I thought was great. showed a lot of shape. It showed a lot of skin. It showed a lot of skin, and then she had um kind of just like you know this hanging piece at the bottom. I don't know mm-hmm. what that shape is called. And I did want to mention this because I, I talked about this in the sense of Got Mick, I think last episode for Little Black Dress, mm-hmm. is I absolutely don't love relying on that body. But I do, and I told Donna this when we were watching it, if you're going to do relying on that body, it needs to be the way that Simone is doing it. Yeah. I'm sorry. And this isn't me making fun of anyone's body, but I in a competition show, and if you are that skinny and can get away without wearing 
any bra, any padding, any anything, literally anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels super unfair to me. And yeah. But so what Simone is doing is still doing elevated drag that is chic and avant-garde and is like pulling out these looks that are amazing with wearing no body to show you that she's not being lazy. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Got Mixed being lazy necessarily, but compared to Little Black Dress to what uh, Simone did in this look, like I was just like, whoa, like that is insane to me. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Got Mixed look though, too. I, I thought it was a unique way to do it um, with a category that was as simple as it was. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked the surprise when Simone turned around and had her name in her hair. Yes. Oh, that, <laughs> that, was, was, that was amazing. I already liked the look from the front, but then when she turned around, it like sold it for me. I was like, oh, this is so good. Yeah, I like her. Like, I didn't want to like her. I didn't mm-hmm. like her little... The very first week, I didn't like her little dress with her pictures all over it because, it, once again, she was wearing no body. But that, for me, was such a boxy shape in a way yeah. that I did not like. Yeah. And she's done a lot of um, no body looks on the show. Quite mm-hmm. a few, actually. Yeah. Um, but she always does something really dynamic mm-hmm. and drag with her hair. Mm-hmm. Um, the hair always Oh, is. the hair always wins. Even when she did the braided look, which was bra and panties. Mm-hmm. Um, but styled. And she had this huge, like, hair thing on. Yeah. That was amazing in full drag. Yeah. Like, and I'm just like, yes, yes. Give mm-hmm. me that. That's give what I want for nobody. That. Yeah, for real. And then, so the last two looks were Mardi Gras themed looks. We had a Mardi Gras themed flapper look from Elliot. And then Tina Burter was one of the Mardi Gras themed like clowns, the Mardi yeah, Gras clowns. She had clown makeup on. Um, I have to say Tina Burner's look was not my favorite <sighs> my to the God. point it was downright ugly. And I just... I need her to do better. <laughs> I need her to do better. Out of all the three that I wanted to really step it up this week, I'd say that she did the worst at stepping it up. And Lala was in the bottom, so that's saying a lot. But uh, t- uh, the thing is, Elliot's was really nice. It was like Mardi Gras flapper, cute, Elliot's you know, beautiful, beaded short little dress like that you could dance in. I think they yeah. actually said that was the best she's ever looked on the runway. Yeah. I think they did. And it was. It was amazing. It was beaded flapper dress yep. like Donna said she was holding one of those very 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 long cigarette mm-hmm. things and like she was walking like she was just out of the great Gatsby and mm-hmm. like gorgeous gorgeous make everything was gorgeous yeah. everything was perfect yeah <laughs> seriously Tina however stop it Tina <laughs> stop it Tina Tina get, Tina get your shit together Tina god that outfit and the other thing too and I know that clown clothes are baggy and so she was doing that like the yeah. clothes were baggy but like where the beads were um after she took off her reveal which she's always doing reveals on the runway which is fine but stop um just Mm -hmm. come out and come out in your garment um is like she had beads at the bottom of the little slip clown thing that's Mm -hmm. where the beads were oh and then she had beads on the boob section which just looked out of place and lumpy yeah i don't know that was weird and the hair oh god the Hair. The hair. The hair was atrocious. It's every time with her. I don't know. It's just I don't really love her hair. I think the only look I've really liked of Tina Burner's this entire season was her Tin Man look. And it wasn't even like mm-hmm. one of my favorites for that mm-hmm. that episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, that's like the only look I've really liked of hers this entire season. Well, and like even let's even talk about the dichotomy between her and Simone a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. let's talk about Simone's do-rag look one more time. Like, that clown thing, that misshapen clown thing, that is literally intentional. Everything on that is intentional. Yeah. And Simone's, like, do-rag look, which everything was intentional, where it was very simple, like, and just the do-rag that was, like, flying on the ground and whatever, and it looked beautiful and gorgeous because it was, like, 
it fit this story and this narrative. I do not know what Tina is trying to do. That's yeah. why. Like, I'm like, what is this narrative? If yeah. it's just supposed to be a clown, like, that's fine. But, like, maybe have a little bit more shape or, like, get out some of these wrinkles. I don't even know. Yeah. It's just wrong. <laughs> I just, I need I need her fashion game to, like, be a bit better. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I feel like she's going to be out soon if she doesn't really get it together. Yeah, she needs to get it together. And that hair was bunk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, then uh, we have to say, so the one thing that Tina Burner did is, like, she did then take off the boob uh, beads to mm-hmm. have then just a boob showing with, like, uh, bead pasties. Yeah. Which was so jarring for me. Not because of exposed boob, but the the clown is just getting naked? I Like, what's going on here? I don't know. <laughs> well, Mardi Gras, show your tits for beads. Oh, I, oh show your so, tits for beads. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, that, that didn't read to me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that didn't come across <laughs> to me. Makes sense now, yeah. but that didn't read to me. Uh, so the f- cool thing about this episode, we have both Simone and Olivia Lux in the top two this episode. And I just looked up their records, and they have the exact same records for the competition so far, oh, too. interesting. They have the highest records. They're both, like, the top two. So they both have two wins plus the lip sync win from the first episode. Yeah. And all the rest of the time, they've been safe. So they haven't landed in the bottom at all. They've been very strong competitors. Uh, in this episode, Olivia Lux ends up taking away the win. Um, for her second week in a row. Yep. So, I don't know. These these queens are really at the top of their game and are proving well, to be the top competitors. And they, they're bringing the Bob syndrome this episode. This, And I think this has a lot to do with Rue getting older, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, Rue... Is interested in how gorgeous you are, absolutely. But the one thing that she seems to gravitate to is charisma. Mm. Yeah, like, and Olivia and Simone's drag are just riddled with charisma. And they both have charisma in two very different and distinct ways. Yes, very different. Like, flag victory. Yeah, and, and then, then Olivia's the sweet, cute girl. Yeah, the sweet, yeah. cute girl with the hair for Days. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, she and I don't know what it is when Olivia smiles, like the world's better. I don't <laughs> <laughs> like it. It cures my depression. Yeah, it, it, like, yeah. Yes, girl. <laughs> like when she came out with her little like you know happy daddy, like all yeah. that stuff from the color purple. Like I was like, yes, girl. <laughs> like this is it for me. <laughs> I was like, yes, come on, simple look. That's how Bob got away with that stupid train wreck of that costume they wore for the skating challenge <laughs> the robot costume. the robot onesie slip thing with some bad makeup yeah. and they're like yeah bob you're fine bob's charisma won her that season <laughs> <laughs> so... good god which wasn't hard on a season of 10 girls and Derek barry's one of them but you know <laughs> <laughs> um, oh gosh yeah so yeah so olivia walks away with the win and then who ends up having to lip sync but miss elliot with two t's Jeez. and la la ree now in this lip sync i think you would have expected to see la la ree take it home um and that's just not what happened and she had a couple of good moves and she was like trying to do her best but for some reason i felt like it was really reserved um i really wish the hair kept getting in her face the hair kept getting in her face and that's i mean rude doesn't really frown on that as long as you don't like make it seem like it's like you know hindering you yeah i really wish what drag race would do is show us the unedited version of lip syncs from both perspectives. Like, just keep... I I really want two videos where it's one girl the whole time and the other girl the whole time so you could actually make a determination yourself. Um, You know, just so to see how Rue would judge. But 
Elliot did more stunts. Yeah. Uh, and danced her ass off. Honestly. And danced her ass off. She's a dancer. So she had all the moves down. So she was doing that whole thing where she like kind of like went down in the crouch to the floor. Her and uh, Lala did it at the same time. And yes. then there were just some dance moves thrown in there that was, it worked really cute with her flapper get up. Yeah. The so beads looked, were just gorgeous. Yeah. They were, it was giving her the right movement, which Lala's outfit gave her movement too with the beads. But I think Elliot's, Elliot's a good dancer and a good performer. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was fully expecting Lala to be the one that won because Lala was not, was in the winner's group. And then also Lala has won previous lip syncs before too, and has done well. So I was, I was expecting her to take away the win, but Elliot ended up being the one that, that beat her in the end yeah elliot and i think it was rightly deserved because elliot was wearing a panty yeah i i don't know what it is (laughs) i want drag artists to really hear this from me like the one thing that i police so bad is that a lot of drag artists wear clothes where they're you know it rides up because Mm -hmm. we wear these huge hip and butt pads and so your dresses just ride up naturally as you bend over or do things but i it takes me straight out of the fantasy with muppet crotch yeah like i want to see I want to see panties. I do. I want, I want to see, I feel like it adds to that. And of course, because I live in Portland, you don't have to, if you don't want to. But for me, I tip the girl who has the panty. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's important to have for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that one thing I always come back to, which a lot of people get really crazy on me for this for, is I sometimes think, uh, high heels really matter on the lip sync. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since Jaden made that comment in her season when she was in the bottom two, that these weren't her dancing heels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you end up, because this isn't All-Stars, you don't get to change your shoes. Mm-hmm. So you're on the bottom, you have to lip sync your heart out. And um, Lala was wearing these boots that usually boots are easier to dance in, but I feel like she was holding back. And usually when I think about holding back, it's one of two things. You were just really off your game because you were in the bottom and you're devastated, or two, it was your shoes. You weren't in the right footwear yeah yeah or your wig wasn't on all the way or not pinned in all the way so you couldn't do all the hairography you wanted oh, to do. Maybe. oh you know, maybe that's another like that. one yeah yeah because you really you really focus on hair not i focus off. on hair not falling off because i hate when my hair falls off during a performance <sighs> i i've had it happen to me in the past before and it's it for me it's like a lot of the time of an amateur move if your wig falls off while you're performing yeah and if honestly if olivia lux could get away wearing that big ass afro thing that looked like it was eight billion pounds and it not fall off that entire performance. Yeah. I am doing something wrong with my black girl hair. I need to figure out how that girl gets that stuff to stay on. Oh, real. <laughs> so we have nine left. What do we think is going to happen? Are we? Do we think that Simone and Olivia Lux are going to keep killing it and that they're going to make it to the top four this season? What do we think is going to happen in the future? Um, so my top four... Um, I do want Olivia Lux and Simone to be up there. Same. They're uh, definitely in mine. I, for fashion wise, I really want to see what Utica brings the entire series. I really do. Cause just her, keep her around for her looks. Yeah. Alone. Keep her around for her looks. <laughs> uh, looking at the rest of the list. I'm not, I'm nearly not feeling. Oh, Denali. Denali's great. Mm-hmm. Denali is bringing, um, a good balance of, um, artistry and, talent dancing and costumes yeah so i could see yeah so for me it would be denali utica simone and olivia i'm also excited to see what got mick has uh to bring as well they did amazing in this episode i really enjoyed their therapist character so i'm excited to see what else scott mick brings on the runway because i think she just has a like a really unique perspective especially when it comes to makeup and and looks mm-hmm. so I, I enjoy the uniqueness there but yeah 
We haven't done the one thing yet um, that we always said we're going to do at the end of the episode. But yeah. Donna, what are you wearing this evening? So I decided to just make a outfit out of those hippie beads that you put in doorways. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's just like a full skirt and top fashioned out of that. Cute. But uh, you can't hear them because they're they're silenced. They're made out of foam. So the beads, <laughs> they don't have a sound to them. I'll just move them. Yeah, it's really um, mm-hmm. um, upsetting to look at. Because <laughs> you expect them to make a noise. And they don't. No, no it's quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet beads. Yeah. Uh, so this evening I am, well, my outfit is completely melted at this point. Um, mm. I went outside and I created me this snowman dress and then I brought it up here to record our podcast and it is now since melted. Yeah. Um, so she's just nude and wet. I'm, I'm nude and wet. But my <laughs> face is beat. Yes. Stop relying <laughs> on that body. <laughs> that you can now fully see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, that concludes this bonus episode. Thank you for listening and catch us again on Mondays-ish for these bonus episodes and Thursdays for our new main content episodes. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Yeah, bye. Bye. This has been another episode of A Gem of a Secret Podcast. The hosts of A Gem of a Secret Podcast are Donatella My Secrets and Coco Jim Holiday. You may follow Donatella My Secrets at Donatella underscore My Secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Jim Holiday at Coco Jim Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at The Touche Douche and at Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more exclusive content, visit www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is a-J-E-M of a secret podcast.com. Be sure to tune in every week on Thursday for a new episode wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, email us at a gem of a secret pod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye.